everyone and welcome to the podcast. My name is Caroline and I am the founder of the business community Bay Talk, where we connect and promote local business in Sydney's inner west. Thanks to my son Richard for producing the intro music. In today's podcast, I am joined by another member of the Bay Talk community, Nerida Debeck, owner and founder of Aptitude Education and Five Doc. Nerida has an extensive amount of teaching experience behind her, with over 20 years of teaching in the classroom. Last year, she left the classroom to venture out on her own and open her own tutoring facility. Aptitude Education provides private and group tuition in maths and English from kindergarten to year 12. They also offer a school readiness program for preschoolers. Hi, Nerida. Hi, <laughs> Thanks Carolyn. for coming on. Thank you for having me. So we've talked about this a little bit and we're just going to have a chat now. Um, what makes Aptitude Education different from other tutoring centres in the inner west? Well, first and foremost, I'm a qualified teacher. So mm. I've done a multitude of roles from gifted and talented to special needs to I've done, I've even done school readiness programs with kindergarten with kids who weren't were ready to start. So mm. every, that's what makes me different. I'm bringing that experience into the centre because everything that's in the centre has been written by me by a teacher. By a teacher yep. who knows what they're doing, knows what the Board of Studies, or which is now called NESA, uh, what their requirements are. So basically I'm bringing that. Also, I can modify things accordingly because I have that experience. Mm. So you'd be used to kids with all different types of children and you'd have all different types exactly. of children that come in here and you've already met them in the classroom before. Exactly. That type of child. I've, so. I've, seen, I've seen it all pretty much. Um, mm. There, Yeah. But I, as I said, I can, I, I'm able to make assessments on the spot, but also I train my staff as if I was training student teachers. Okay. So basic, essentially you, the, the staff are qualified teachers themselves mm. because I used to train teachers when I was in the classroom and that's what I do with my staff now. Yeah. Um, so just what approach do you use to, to teach the students at the centre? Do you use, are you a paper-based type facility? Or we do are you a paper-based facility, yes. We do have technology, but it's to be used as a tool. So yeah. the technology has its place, but it's not the be-all and end-all of teaching. The actual studies have shown that uh, having iPads in the classroom really does not improve, and using iPads primarily for teaching does not really improve their maths and English. Well, there's a lot, isn't there, in, in the whole um, paper, pen, brain yes. communication? But you need, to, you need to encourage things like fine motor skills, which is using mm. the smaller muscles in your hands and your wrists and your fingers mm. in order to be able to write and use scissors and things, like, things that we take for granted. But they actually need to be built up. With, mm. a, with a, an iPad, you're only touching a screen or swiping. You're really not using those fine motor skills. But, but also, we, we want kids to learn, we want to be able to break things down to its simplest form. So we produce, I've, I've actually written programs for every grade and every level, because we do multiple levels in certain grades. Yeah. Um, and those, those booklets, it, they allow us to break things down to its simplest form, to, to gauge their understanding. And it's not until we, but we can't do that with an iPad or no. a computer program. Computer programs mm. in tutoring should not be, should not be at all. No, really, they're no. not. They're not effective. You're wasting So almost your money. like a good kind of um, 
reinforcer type thing, would you mm. think? Like, you know, learn yeah. the basics at school, let tutoring and that with pen and paper. Then if you're wanting to just get exactly. a, add a little bit more to the mix. Hey, technology's great if you want to yeah. revise, but mm. if, you're, if you don't understand something, a technology's not going to teach you that. Mm. It's the teacher or the tutor who's going to teach you that. And the best way is to take it back to traditional teaching where you've got booklet, you've got workbooks, you've got pen and paper, and you've got mm. somebody on the board because we all have we have whiteboards set up at every station where the tutor can actually physically explain it to you by drawing a visual yeah. and giving examples. I hadn't thought about you mentioning there with the fine motor skills. I know as an adult, and I'm sure lots of people feel the same, that once you start trying to handwrite, my mm. hand cramps up, I get a really sore hand That's because it. I'm not used to writing anymore. That's it, exactly. But, yeah, and when kids do their exams, they mm -hmm. need to write. They do need to write. I mean, they are <laughs> so, doing online exams, but you still have written exams. Mm. And you, there are skills that, you know, you can't learn while you're using technology. No, no, that's true. And so, well, I was just going to ask you, what are the benefits of limiting technology when teaching? And I guess, is it easier to fill the gaps? It is easier to fill the gaps. Absolutely, yes. A lot of... In the classroom, a lot of assessment also comes from observation. And that's what we do. We observe while they're working. I, I can't see letter reversals or number reversals unless they're actually physically writing it down. I can't mm. see, you know, how they structure their writing unless I see them writing it down. That's so true. So, so doing the, when they're doing um, a maths equation, if they're doing it just online, you can't see where and they're working, so they just exactly. missed a step, got that's a little exactly bit wrong. It. But not and only that, not their working out shows their thought processes. Mm. I can't evaluate that unless I actually see it on the paper. Yeah. So, which you don't get from computer programs. So with you limiting using technology, what the teaching materials you use, you've, you've written up yourself. I've, ri I've written them. I've put them together. I've taken different sources and put them together. But those, those booklets that I make up, they only form like a backbone to the course. I yep. then can uh, take them apart, add, add more material if I think they need to go, I need to go back over some concepts that they haven't, you know, because they weren't ready to move on in the first place or, the mm. or I feel that somebody along the line, some teacher has missed out teaching mm. certain things. So it helps us to fill in the gaps better when I can go back and add to those booklets. Yeah. Because we don't move on from a concept until I'm happy with that everybody, that the individual, if it's, a, if it's an individual session or the group has grasped that concept. Mm. Or if I think it's too easy, I can also supplement it with harder work, more That's challenging true. tasks, more open-ended tasks, so that you're still on that concept, but they're having to apply it now. They're, doing high, they're using their higher order thinking skills. Okay. So yeah. a lot of, and, and nowadays problem solving wasn't really dealt with as well as it should have been in the past in schools. So that's an area that across the board people do need to be, need building up in. So that extension work that we can give does allow them to improve and work on their problem solving skills okay. while revising and practicing the content that they've just learned. Mm. So they can keep up with the, the current workload and what's in the curriculum that they have to know and also revise and exactly. get their current skills up. Yeah. 
So with um, with students, what's the biggest concern that you currently see with students? Oh, one thing that, uh, well, it's not really children's fault, is multiplication. Things like yeah. timetables. Mm. Actually, they're called multiplication facts now, but it's still the same thing. Oh, is that the new term? It's a new term, yes, yes. Okay. I remember the last time I had to write reports, we weren't allowed to call, call them times tables, you had to call them multiplication facts. Okay. Yeah, but right. same thing. Same essentially. thing. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> Look, people ask me, I usually say to parents, because parents are unaware that their kids don't even know their times tables. And I usually say, listen, times tables are one of the building blocks, you know, for mm. everything else that comes before and after mm. what you're doing now. You really do need to learn your times tables. And Parents, are, once, they, once you bring it to their attention, that's fine. But then the next question they ask you is, how do I go about doing that? Yeah. And that's fine. That is, that's, that's the right question to ask. Well, mm -hmm. how we go about doing that is you can do the, the old-fashioned method the way we learnt at school, which was rote. And that does help. You know, it worked for me. I mean, I yeah. know my, I don't have to even think now. It's just there. Yeah, it's fifty-six. I just know it because yeah. I just know. That's it. You memorise mm. it. Yeah, it's and just having memorized. a chart at home on the wall where they can, you know, in the in your child's bedroom, where they can just practice it, doing the little times tables tests, which you can find on the internet for free. And there's the songs. There's the songs. Yeah, we've there, all sung the songs. Yeah, there is songs <laughs> you can you can purchase on. Uh, I think YouTube might have them. Uh, yeah. Matt's Rocks, I think it's called. Yeah. I have used that in the past, and that's fine. That it, kids love that. Or you can buy CDs. Mm. There are there are a multitude of ways you can do it, but I do recommend getting children to write it down. It's when they yeah. keep writing it down that they then it sort of sinks in. It stays in their mm. memory. But then, yeah. but but back it up with something else like songs. Or there's plenty of free games. I know I use uh, Maths Train, Mental Maths Train. Yeah. Yeah, we've used that. Yeah, and that also goes through all four operations. So you can use that. Uh, and there's mathsdrills.com if you want to get multiplication grids for kids to practice on. It's a, mm. There's a whole heap of things out on the internet that you can use that they don't cost, cost anything. Mm. Maths rocks, I think you've got to pay for. However, mm. you know, um, if you go on YouTube, YouTube, just type in what you want. YouTube mm. has it. But there's no magic button, is there? It's, no. just, it's just repetition. It's repetition. repetition it's practice, just, practice, and more practice. That's it. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I often do it just with with the little one in the car. Just say like, just tell, tell me the seven times tables. We'll just sort of randomly do it, just randomly. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. So it's not a, a stressful thing for for them to feel like they've got to learn it. It's just kind of just happens. Yeah, exactly. And do it. You know, if you've got five minutes, mm. ask a few questions. Yeah, you know. So what about um, homework? Do you, When kids come here, do they get a double dose of homework from you and then they've got to get the homework done at school? Uh, good question. Thoughts? No, no, they don't get homework from us. I know when I was the classroom teacher, I had now I had to report on their, whether they were handing homework in or not. Mm -hmm. And we actually had put that into the reports. And in high schools do look at that when they take, when they go and, and when you go for your enrolment, they ask to see your report. They look at that. It comes under a work habits, study habits. Mm. I, it used to annoy me as the classroom teacher when I had to report on that and kids were saying, I'm sorry, I didn't do my homework because I had homework from my tutoring centre. Mm. Very frustrating well, as the teacher. It is frustrating. The tutoring centre is not the one writing your report. I was. Mm. Your school homework is, of you know, first and foremost what you should be doing, not your tutoring homework. 
Well, school is is where you learn. That's your foundation of your exactly. of your learning. Mm. So the teacher really needs to have the take precedent over it, doesn't she? Over the chair. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. That they, yeah, take priority. I mean, over. But not only that, we can use the homework if you don't understand something uh, in your homework. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. yeah, we can use that. You can bring that in, and we will explain it. Because usually, even if you're in a group. Because that's the first thing we do is we ask, was there anything this week that you had trouble with at school? That yeah. way we can tailor it mm. to the needs of the students. And you know what? I'm just thinking now, for a kid in the classroom with 30 other kids, they mm. don't want to put their hand up and say, I that's don't it. get it. But they to don't. be in a safe place where they feel mm-hmm. comfortable to just ask you or ask Daniel, you know, I don't understand this. Can you go through it with exactly. me? Exactly. Kids relaxed, yeah. not stressed that the other peers are thinking, oh my gosh, you don't know exactly. that. Because half of them probably don't know either. Well, that's it. You find <laughs> that like when, a, when a child does come in and say, hey, I don't understand the jump strategy or mm. I didn't understand how to I do this I don't understand strategy. the jump strategy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. I'll explain it to you later. I'll draw it on the board. <laughs> oh, so I have a listen. You know? But, when, I mean, in all honesty, kids come in with their homework. The first thing we do is we say, right, let's go. let's all go over it. So it not only cements the concept in the minds of the ones who, who do have a sound understanding, it's revision for them, which is always good. Yeah. You always yeah. have to make links to things. and or revi- You don't just do a concept once and then forget it. You constantly go over things. Mm. So it's good for them. But for the others who are, would, the others are probably thinking, yeah, I wouldn't mind somebody going over that again for me too because I don't recall at the moment what, what, what it is. So it, yeah. it then improves and reinforces their understanding. So mm. just because one person's having a particular problem doesn't mean that everybody else in the group isn't having and that same... And you're saying that cements their learning as well. I remember when I was at uni and if I understood something and somebody asked me to show them because they didn't mm. get it, that as well further cements your learning. Exactly. exactly. We used to call that peer tutoring. Okay. So we actually yeah. do get, you know, used to, in the classroom, we did get kids to explain it to somebody else because it does reinforce their mm. understanding and cements their understanding yeah, so it's helping so both students at the same exactly, time. That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. Now, given that you are a qualified teacher, so what additional benefits can you offer um, to students? I mean, you've said already a lot, but is there anything else that you can offer? Well, I know a lot of places advertise free assessments. Well, when I say I can offer a free assessment, at least you know I'm actually qualified to conduct that assessment in the first place. Mm. So any findings... I, it, when I look at it and any findings that I, you know, or any problems that I see in, in an assessment, I'm qualified to tell you what's yeah. wrong and what probably caused that, yeah. you know, what, what needs to be built up, how we can go about fixing it. I can go about formulating strategies and, uh, and, and designing programs based on what I see. And actually, another thing from that, because you're the person doing the assessment, identifying the gap, knows what the child needs or the student needs, and you're actually the person that's going to be implementing the program and doing the program to teach exactly. the child. It's not a second-hand knowledge that you're passing on to another tutor. No, no. You know, so it's that real, really holistic thing that you've identified exactly. the problem, worked with the student, and you're the one that's going to fix the problem as well. Not only that, the tutors actually come to me when they see um, things that need to be changed or adapted. In oh, fact, yeah. I actually have staff meetings with my teachers before their shift and say, right, or after afterwards we stay back and they tell me what did they notice because they're, 
their observations are just as valuable as mine. Mm. Oh, absolutely. And then yeah. when I can, I can, then I can go and get out of the booklet and ex- and have a look at what what was happening, or have a look at the the writing samples and have a look at what was happening and what based on what they've told me. So we we kind of work as a team. We all work together. I lead the team. Mm. I make the dis- final decisions, but their input is just as valuable as mine because they're mm. seeing it too. And they're very popular too. They are popular with, yes. with the kids. You know, I'm very they're, happy. they're really for me to have um, Natalie say when I say, "Oh, you've got tutoring tonight," to say, "Yay!" Yeah, that's not normal. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they, they have fun cool, too. They have fun. I hear Natalie giggling. Yeah. We don't want it to be a drag. We don't mm. want it to be boring. Sometimes it's going to be a bit boring because of the content. You know, you can't, you know, we try yeah. to jazz it up as much as we can. Mm. You try to vary strategies. But at the end of the day, you know, it helps to have a little bit of a laugh, a little bit of a giggle, a bit of a joke. Mm. It makes the time it makes the time more enjoyable, more yeah. pleasant. So they don't have this, oh, gosh, I've got to go to tutoring mm. sort of attitude. And they walk attitude. away having learnt something without almost having a good time as well exactly. almost like doing a workout that's to really cool music yeah, you know you've exactly. done a really good workout yeah. but you because you were having fun you didn't notice yeah how good a workout you've done you can <laughs> you can enjoy tutoring it's, you can it's enjoy it. yeah. yeah so um even though you're a qualified teacher your prices are really reasonable so what's your thought process about the price that you set for for the classes well from what i've seen in the classroom and through the different education systems I've worked in. And now what I'm seeing with the problems that um, students are bringing into the centre, it's, it seems that tutoring is now becoming a necessity. It's yeah. not, no, once upon a time it used to be a luxury item for families who could afford it. Mm. Now it's not. Now it's, it's becoming a necessity because the gaps that are forming in students' learning with you know, it could be different policy, different government policies. It could be a variety of there are different teachers, different teaching styles. Mm. Clash a clash you might your child might be having with their teacher. The, the the approach the school takes it could be a multitude of things. There could yeah. be there could even be um, problems in your child's learning um, from you know, like that that we you couldn't identify unless you did a psychometric test. Mm. Things like that. Uh, it's they're now becoming more frequent. The teacher's job is quite full on now, it isn't is, it? It is. To, the, a lot to cover. A yeah, a yeah. lot to cover, especially if you've got children in your class that are struggling or have got mm. different needs to look after that child and the rest of the class. Of course, there's exactly. going to be kids that fall through the cracks. Well, once upon no a time, well, that's fault. it exactly. And look, once upon a time, we used to have teachers where that they used to take children out for special needs or for gifted and talented but funding restrictions cut mm. those they're the first things that get cut yeah you know and teachers aides let's face it they're great to have in the classroom they don't replace the teacher they just act as a help t- for the teacher yeah. and they're not there all day but they're not there all day and mm. i know i with the system of education that i worked in we were limited as to how much teachers aid time we got we didn't have the funding to, yeah. to provide that so we were lucky to see a tutor, uh, t- sorry, a teacher's aide, maybe half an hour a day, if mm. that. Yeah, and, a, and and even then, when they turn up late, there goes your time. Oh, so they don't even. Sometimes they never. Okay. You didn't get. They weren't turning up. Okay. I mean, I've worked with a lot of fantastic teachers' aides, you know, but 
as yeah. I said, sometimes they might get called out for something else. It's not mm. them. It's you know they're they're being right, asked to do another. on them. Yeah. Exactly. So they, yeah, there is first a lot thing they of do demand. is like, oh, you don't need that person. We'll just take them and, and send them somewhere else. Mm. So with all of that, children's learning is suffering. Yeah, and so, that's 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 not that's not the teacher's fault. No, it's not enough resource Look, for teachers them. Teachers are being asked to do things that. Well, I'll be honest with you, they have really have nothing to do with what they're doing in the classroom. You mm. know, extra testing, which really doesn't go anywhere. They're being asked to implement things that we've already tried before and every teacher can tell you it's been called something else, but it doesn't work. Right. So it gets frustrating. Mm. You, you, you can't teach the way you want to be able to teach. I mean, that's why I set up the centre. I just wanted mm. to teach children the way I knew worked Yeah. For, through over two decades of experience. And, you know, I keep the prices down low because it's not just ones who can afford it, who children, yeah. you know, parents who can afford it, who can give their children tutoring. I wanted it so that everybody, regardless of your financial background, could, could come and get tutoring. Because let's face it, even when you're going for uni and going into, you know, trying to get into uni and getting a job, nowadays the expectations and the pressures are even more, you yeah. know, than they've ever been before now it's it's expected you you have a double degree rather yeah, than just a, degree a single degree anymore, no you have to have something else yeah the only way to do that is to train for it how do you train you go to tutoring you do your courses you do your schoolwork, and then you have specialized tutoring afterwards yeah and that's where you get the advantage exactly so if people want to um to join up with you they just jump onto your um, they can jump onto your website, aptitudeeducation.com.au, yeah. um, and or else, um, what number Great North Road are we? This on? is building 72A. 72A Great North Road, so it's really central. It's got great parking. You've got parking um, at Coles. You've got a drop-off um, park just downstairs. You've and got one behind the chemist discount chemist warehouse, mm. as well as there's a park car park behind the uh, Five Dock Hotel. That's right. So yeah. there's plenty of parking, so it's an easy place to, to get your kids to. And, um, yeah, if you um, would like to enrol your child, jump onto the website and um, contact Nerida. So is there anything else you want to say? No, no. Thank okay. you. Thank you very much for having me today. That's cool. It's been great. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. See you. Bye. Bye.